This will make sense soon. The words don't make the same sense that they used to. Part 1 Are not alone. You are not alone. Is a one v one horror actual play podcast. I'm Blaine, your host, an RPG loving friend. I'm sorry that this episode was a little delayed. Some of you know that one of my day jobs is helping to run a church. With the start of the Lenten season, things got a little bit crazy. A bit of housekeeping. If you like the podcast, please consider rating and reviewing us on any podcatcher that allows it. It is the best way to get new folks to listen to the podcast, and it would mean the world to me. If you'd like to be a guest, recommend a game, or just say hi, you can email me at youarenotalonepod at gmail.com, or reach out on Twitter at notalone underscore horror. I would love to hear from you. I want to take a moment, too, to mention that I have a new podcast in the works. I'm working with a really wonderful team of players to create The Witch Owl's Wife and Other Tales. This is going to be a more highly produced actual play podcast, using the game Trophy Gold, and occasionally other games, set in Necrotic Gnome's Dolmenwood, to create dark fairy tale style stories. The team that I have to work with is really wonderful, and I'll be talking more about that in the future. We're still in the early stages of creation, but I will let you know as soon as we have an official release date. On You Are Not Alone, we are continuing our This Will Make Sense Soon arc, leading up to the Yellow King RPG by Pelgrane Press. A bit of news, The Yellow King is now available for purchase in physical form over at the Pelgrain Press website. It's a really beautiful game and a really beautiful physical product. I definitely recommend picking up a copy if you can. This week, I sit down with Mark Kennedy to play Wolfspell. Wolfspell is an RPG by Epidiah Ravichal, creator of Dread, about humans that have been magically transformed into wolves. It's a Powered by the Apocalypse game with a little bit of a twist. What makes it different is that every time you roll, you have a blood die representing your human faculties and a wolf die representing your newly found lupine powers. You subtract the lower die from the higher die to figure out how successful you are and whether the success comes from your human ingenuity or your wolf instincts. Depending on which side you land, the move gives you different options for the varying levels of success. It's a really cool game that looks at the line between human and animal and how that line moves and blurs. You can get Wolfspell in issue 2 of Worlds Without Master on DriveThruRPG. So let's jump in. This week, joining me, I have Mark Kennedy. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm Excellent. nervous. <laughs> I, uh, don't worry about that. I'm nervous every time I sit down to record. Uh, I don't, it never goes away. Cool. Good, good, good. Um... But I will try to make it as painless as possible. I don't even like horror movies, so this uh, is a big oh, that's going to be. <laughs> this will be interesting then. Yes. I've had a few a few guests who are like, I don't normally do horror stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm, I feel very bad for what I'm about to do to you. <laughs> um, All right, let's bring it. But uh, we always have. I sent out a survey. You gave me some answers. Mm -hmm. uh, we will always have the X card available. So if we hit on something that is either too personal or too horrifying you can always just say let's x that mm -hmm. no questions asked we'll stop i will pivot change directions hopefully we won't need to use that but it's there if we need it so tell uh the listeners a little about who you are what you do uh all of that jazz oh boy what a question <laughs> um I just graduated from the University of the Arts Pig Iron Master's program in something called Devised Performance. So that means I'm an actor who improvises, usually through movement, to create 
theatrical experiences as opposed to things being written down and advanced by somebody else. It's almost like you were meant to play role-playing games. Maybe, yeah. Uh, if we need to move the table so you could move a yes. little bit more, uh, we can do that. I might need to start walking around like a wolf and howling a bit and, you know, we'll see. That... Whatever you, I'm, I'm sure the people walking by my house will think it's weird, but it's probably not the weirdest thing they've heard come out of this <laughs> building, so. That's good, that's good. Yeah. I uh, got into RPGs through a couple former students who also, I think, felt like, oh, there's such a great commonality between the stuff you have to do in the device theater world and, and this world. And it's a way to, like, exercise your, your joy. Yeah, it's a, it's a really awesome connection. I'm excited. It's always, I've worked with actors a couple times, and it's always an enjoyable experience mm. because it really does. There's so much that translates between the two. And I think I, I'm all, I'm a little jealous of actors at how easy it probably. Not that the acting part is easy. You spend a lot of time learning that, but all of those skills feed very naturally into role playing games in a way that like I had to learn all of that the hard way. Mm-hmm. But I think that'll be really cool, especially for a game like this that is so much about kind of putting yourself in a very foreign mind of yeah being a wolf yeah. But that's all. Is there? Are, do you have any shows coming up or anything you want to pitch or plug? <sighs> Nothing I want to pitch or plug. I'm about to head to Ireland for a couple weeks to do. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I'm doing a creative residency, and I'm hoping that there'll be kind of new material springing out of that. That's I'll awesome. I'll be alone <laughs> in the middle of rural Ireland. Uh, that'll be an experience. Uh, so maybe I'll transform into a wolf and see what it's like. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> that is. Uh, that's what Ireland is for. Yeah. All of the thin places in Ireland where you could just be a wolf. Yeah. I guess the one thing I will say, I should I should have thought of this. Um, I am leading a workshop in um, on March 21st. Okay. Um, at a space in South Philly called The Whole Shebang. Awesome. And the workshop is from 11 to 1, and it's uh, centered around mask work and masculinity. Interesting. So That's a... Exploring myths of patriarchy through movement and mask work. That is very awesome. I will. Uh, I'll make sure to get a link for that yeah. uh, from you because this will go up well in advance of that. Cool. So we can. Uh, I don't know how many Philly listeners we have. Bring them on. I, 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 I know a, a decent number of folks um, that listen who are in the Philadelphia area. So that'll be potentially a really cool thing for them, and they're role players, so it could be. Uh, a good way to, to expand your role-playing skills. Yes, yeah. And, like, what does it mean to be masculine in that way? Or yeah. Is, or is there even a way to be masculine? It's a good know. question. A tough one to tackle. Yeah. Um, I know for myself personally, I've never necessarily fit into the... Despite the fact that I'm currently wearing a flannel uh, and <laughs> jeans, uh, and I have a love of whiskey, those are about the only masculine things right. about me. right. Yeah, there's quite a code, right? You're tough. You need to drink whiskey. Yeah, I just drink it because I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. Excellent. So we will make characters on the air. Sometimes we do that off air if it's a little bit more involved. Uh, but this game is pretty light on character creation. It really is just two questions, and I'm going to throw in some questions to kind of help flesh out or fur out mm-hmm. your uh, your character. But okay. the, there are two main decisions you make in Wolf Spell that influence your character. The first is what role you play in the pack. In this case, it would be more played because, and we'll talk more about this, your, your wolf has been separated from your pack. Mm-hmm. But when you were in your pack, you played a role. And so they have a number of different options here that will read really quickly, and then you can decide uh, which one you think is more interesting. Okay. So you have, many have tested my sword arm and now wait to meet vengeance upon me in the afterlife. Okay. I am witness to stranger worlds than most. The arcane and preternatural are to me as wolves and weather are to the farmer. I am home when I sleep roofless and hunt my fare far from civilization. I am most alive in the houses, halls, and alleyways of humanity, or no one ever truly knows where I stand and who I keep at dagger point. Hmm. So each of these, I guess we should talk a little bit about mechanics. Yeah. um, Because each of these have a mechanical effect. So like I was telling you earlier when we talked about the game, you always roll two dice. You'll designate one as your blood die, which is your human stuff. 
uh, and one is your wolf die, which is your wolf stuff. Mm -hmm. Some of these, uh, most of these pack rolls give you the option to add to your blood die in certain circumstances. So the many have tested my sword arm. Uh, when you are performing tasks of gore or hatred, you may add three to your blood die after you've rolled. You don't have to. Yeah. It's an option you have. And that's if you want a more human roll, you could look at that and say, all right, my blood die right now is currently lower than my wolf die, but I really want the human side of things to win out in this scenario. Right. Uh, so I'm going to add three to my blood die. Mm-hmm. So the only one that isn't a plus to your blood die in certain circumstances is I am at home when I sleep roofless and hunt my fare far from civilization. Normally you start the game with a feral score of zero. Feral is kind of the opposite side of things. If you have a feral score, you add that to your wolf die. You have to add it to your wolf die. It's not optional. Mm -hmm. So the higher your feral and things uh, that you do throughout the game will potentially increase or decrease your feral score but you always add your feral to your wolf die so that one gives you the option to be a little bit more wolfy mm -hmm. at the start so really it kind of depends again a lot of this is flavor for like what is your kind of niche in the group are you the fighter type do you want to be a little bit more weird and supernatural do you want to be a little bit more wolfy and like the kind of ranger type of character? Mm -hmm. I, I do have an answer. Okay. I, I am going to pick the Stranger Worlds, the arcane and preternatural Artemia's Wolves and Weather Art to the Farmer. Excellent. I, that is my favorite of, I, I think, of the list. I think that's part of, at least my current impulses, that's part of why I'm separated. Excellent. So that gives you, whenever you are faced with the supernatural, you can add three to your blood die if you so choose. And so then your feral starts at zero. And then the next thing will be the spell that turns you into a wolf. So the options there are from generations long past, this curse has been upon you and your kin. This very night you shall lope out as children of Fenris and drive a rival clan from the Vale. Then there is, the task before you is not one suited for the civilized, so you turn to dark magics and shift your flesh into a form more suitable. There is, the augurs dictate that only fang and claw will rend your destiny. You will be reborn as beast to fulfill the prophecy. Mm. And relics of an ancient cult plundered from an old queen's tomb carry with them a savage curse that can only be cleansed in distant holy fires. Wow, these are all so interesting. <laughs> it is, uh, they, they did a Kickstarter for this maybe about a year ago. Yeah. And it was done in the form, the rules didn't change at all, but it was done in the form of a heavy metal CD. Uh-huh. Uh, with like all of this like wild heavy metal artwork and then you like unfold it and where the lyrics would normally be yeah. are the rules to wolf spell. Because it does have that kind of just, like, epic Norwegian black metal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's Norway in this for sure. I think I'm going to pick the Augurs one. The Augurs dictate that only Fang and Claw will rend your destiny. You'll be reborn as beasts to fulfill the prophecy. Excellent. And so that will give you... That is the So the bonuses here are actually to... Our ideas about how to lift the spell yeah. and how that spell will be resolved... So essentially, once you once you fulfill the prophecy, and we'll now we will have to talk about what that prophecy is. Oops. And so, when you fulfill the prophecy, you'll roll, and depending on the result you get, it will determine whether you turn back into a human, and how fulfilled you are in being a human, mm -hmm. or uh, whether you remain a wolf, and how fulfilling remaining a wolf is mm. to you. So this one sides more towards becoming human again. Mm -hmm. So what is the prophecy? <laughs> um, what is the prophecy? That was laid upon you that only... I love the wording of that. The augurs dictate that only fang and claw will rend your destiny. So it is, it is some prophecy or some destiny that being a human 
could not possibly fulfill. Mm-hmm. Something that required you to become a wolf. Mm-hmm. I feel like since I'm alone, it probably should have something to do with a pack. Like, it should be something that I have to do. I have to find a pack or rejoin a pack or win over the leadership of a pack. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then that would somehow unlock something or change something. I like that. I think that's a good, you know, something like when the when the lone wolf finds its pack again. Yeah, then... And, and so it's like, oh, that's literal? Oh, shit. <laughs> Did not... <laughs> I was thinking that was more metaphorical. Right. And now I'm a wolf. Now I'm a wolf. Oh, no. Uh, I, I wanted to do this. Now, oh, man, I have to figure out how to. And I'm wondering, like, what do we what do? we do? Like, what's the big deal with that prophecy? Yeah. So you are going to be in a wood that is kind of beset by odd kind of dark eldritch powers. Mm -hmm. The animals are odd because of what's happening in the woods, and Mm -hmm. there are hunters who are coming in and trying to take things of value. Uh So it could be something like the cleansing of the wood comes when the lone wolf finds his pack. Right. Or something along those lines, or, you know, the hunters will be vanquished. Yeah. I'm not one of the... I wasn't one of the hunters... Was I? I mean, I guess that's a question. You it, Do you want to be one of the hunters? Well, I'm wondering if, like, I've been... I've been not okay with us going into the woods and killing all these people, all these animals that are beset by these strange situations. I'm like, this isn't their fault. We can't be, like, murdering all these animals. And then if I was outcast from my, like, human pack... And somehow receive this prophecy that is like, find this yeah, that, wolf pack. Then it's like, oh, no, it's literal. Now I have to figure out how to get a group of wolves together to do something. I like, that is a good, I think that's an interesting, because it gives you kind of isolation on two fronts. Yes. Where like you become isolated from your human, like the group of humans you've been traveling with, which then turns you to a wolf who is isolated from the other animals because you are part of the original problem. Yes. And now you have to try and win them to your side. Yeah. To help expel your former pack. Yeah. I like that. I think that's a good one. Cool. All right. They're like, what is this strange person going on about animals? Awesome. So let's see. What else? There's one other set of questions that we're going to talk about. This doesn't actually influence your character in any way, but it does start to set the tone, which is talking about the actual shifting, mm-hmm. the, the transformation from human to wolf. So normally you ask one of these questions of each of the people playing, since it's just the two of us. I'm going to ask you all of the questions, but we'll just talk kind of very briefly about each one. Sure. So the first question is, how does the shifting warp your consciousness? I imagine it definitely, like, heightens all of my senses, especially smell. I think hearing um, and, like, taste um, because of smell. And... And I think that is incredibly overwhelming. And I'm like really caught up in just like the present moment as opposed to maybe before if I've been more of a like pacifist member of this hunter's group or or maybe maybe we're like a town nearby this woods and now these the change in them has brought all these animals out and so they've been trying to like essentially get rid of all of them and I've been like wait stop don't do this maybe I've been a little more intellectual and a little more caught up in whatever the politics of that are and now I've been completely transformed into something that is just living in the moment I think that makes sense I think that would be like even if you eventually get used to having those heightened senses that like immediate like oh shit every like everything's turned up to 11 yeah what what do I do right 
it's probably actually maybe fairly reactive and like if, if there is danger or if I perceive danger I'll like snap and bite and do things that I would consider out of character to me as like again I don't know why I'm thinking of this like pacifist monk or like yeah I don't know for some reason monk is coming to mind some s- someone that wants to live in balance with nature and not someone who wants to um, harm creatures who are suffering or seem possessed or like there's something else going on yeah uh, because i have some connection to the supernatural i'm probably a little more attuned to like this isn't them to stop trying to kill them yeah no i think that makes a lot of sense and especially it sounds like your whoever you were as a human is different than a lot of the other humans you traveled with yeah and you can only kind of go along with that for so long before something something gives and either you become a worse person or you have to break away from the pack. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So what is most painful about the process of shifting? I think like I'm, a, I'm imagining there's like bones cracking and like things like getting all out of joint. And I just imagine like the spine for some reason, just like because you are hunching over and getting down on all fours. I just like the, there's it's just so it's like burning and cracking and knifing all through my back yeah that sounds absolutely awful <laughs> and so like for a while i like can't move just because i'm just overwhelmed by that and then eventually i, I figure out how to walk as a as a wolf yeah i mean i, I do bet my teeth burn a lot as well because they're like grow i imagine them growing like faint yeah so all of a sudden it's all this like itching and burning in your mouth yeah your gums have to like pull back to like allow not a big fan of mouth stuff (laughs) that is my like cringy horror thing which I use all the time um, to kind of torture myself apparently I hate myself but yeah that just yeah and like wolves and dogs their mouths are like their hands it's like how they grab and like move things and use them as tools or whatever so it's like very debilitating for that to be somehow cut off yeah all right, what is the most familiar thing about the shifting? I think I've had dreams about this, maybe since I was a child, about about waking up or suddenly being a wolf. And so while it is super overwhelming on like a body level, I think it also does feel deeply familiar and like, oh, it's finally happening. I was made to feel so crazy for sharing about this dream and people going, whatever, you're, you know, there's no way. People don't just turn into wolves. And here I am, all of a sudden a wolf. And it's like, ah, that's why I've been having this dream. That makes a lot of sense for your connection to the supernatural that you've been predicting this would happen one day. Yeah, and I don't even know if I... I think I think the way that I would dream... I probably have, like, visions and stuff where it's not... It's not always literal. It's, not, it's just, like, these, like, visions and senses or whatever. But then to, to have it start to really happen is like, oh, something is changing. Now we're, we're moving on from just, like, I'm having crazy dreams sometimes to, like, no, this is really affecting me, too. Excellent. Uh, and then our last question. Uh, what dread seeps into your soul during the shifting? It's not a heavy question at all. <laughs> the first thought that came to mind is I fear not being able to communicate anymore. Like that, like I probably have been a, someone who speaks and someone who like, this is just me, of course, but uh, s- someone who was given like spiritual care through communication. And if I've been a monk in this village or this town or whatever, and to to no longer have the ability to foreign language is is probably like super scary and dreadful because it's like that's been my whole way of being. And now I can't talk to anybody and no one can know what I'm going through. That definitely makes sense. That is a, <laughs> uh, a good a good dread? A, <laughs> a sensible dread? It feels very real. I have that real dread. Yeah, that is... Uh, I can't imagine not being able to speak. <laughs> something that is very terrifying. All right, so what does your wolf look like? Mm, I'm imagining 
kind of like mostly mostly black fur and maybe like gray underneath and on the snout probably a little well i don't know it's like a very it's a magical transformation so maybe it's not super scrawny i don't necessarily think that i was like malnourished or whatever i think i was probably as a human mostly a person that lived in civilization and dwellings and didn't like well i wasn't like out roughing it yeah i don't think i basically lived in a monastery or a keep and like kept in in that most of my life so maybe like maybe not uh a malnourished wolf but also not the most like muscular yeah oh an average wolf right average wolf maybe like yeah are there any signs in your appearance that reveal that you are a human anything about your like physicality as a human that shows i think i have green eyes i think that my eyes are not the eyes that wolves have normally color wise and that's probably the one thing that would tip someone off like this is somehow a magical situation excellent all right, I think that's good. If if you transform into a human, we'll deal <laughs> with, what uh, look like. with what you look like as a human. Uh huh. But right now you're a wolf. Uh huh. You are in a very dark forest. Something in the human parts of your brain tell you that this is. It feels like the name is the Croivois National Park. Mm-hmm. It something feels like you are in Eastern France, but those words don't make the same sense that they used to. Mm-hmm. It feels like if you were still a human, they would mean something. But you're not a human. You're a wolf. And you are in this dark forest. And you are in a clearing. And in the center of the clearing is a large stone. And the stone itself, the surface of it, seems to pulsate and move. And you realize, through these new senses that you have, that the reason it seems like the surface of this stone is pulsating and moving is that it is covered with thousands upon thousands of insects Hmm. and they're crawling on top of each other and as they crawl on top of each other the surface of the stone seems to pulsate and that human part of your brain tells you lightning bugs Yes, lightning bugs. What do you do? I think I go up to sniff it. Okay. See if I can learn something about where they're from. You move... Are you moving cautiously? Are you moving boldly? I think I'm I'm moving cautiously. Okay. I think I'm, like, still very overwhelmed by all these senses. And now I've fixated on this, and I'm like... What is going on with this thing? I need more information. Smell seems like a good way to see if they've come from anywhere. Okay. I recognize. You you begin to move cautiously up towards the stone. And it is pulsating and undulating. And certain parts of the stone seem to swell and then fall back down. And then another part of the stone swells and falls back down. And as you get close enough to smell, 
There's the smell of dirt. There's the smell of insect. There's the smell of stone. And as you sniff at the rock, all of these lightning bugs take to the air. Mm. And the clearing is as bright as day. Mm -hmm. As they all let their bioluminescence shine. And you realize that at the foot of this stone is an entrance into a cave. Hmm. I think I would very, I very cautiously enter the cave. Okay. You make your way down. It is uh, kind of a dirt slope that goes down underneath this rock. And when you get down there, there are... It's not a large cave. It looks like it may have at one time been a den Mm -hmm. for a pack of wolves. Mm. And all about this small cave are the bones of wolves. Mm. But there is... You don't know how you know this, but you know innately that this is wrong. Mm. The bones are all made out of a crystallized amber. They're this kind of deep yellow that almost seems to glow a little bit in the darkness of this cave. And you don't know if that's maybe some of the light from the fireflies above Mm -hmm. finding its way in here or something about the bones themselves. Hmm. This might... Is there a move? Be a good time to behold the world. That's what I was thinking. So this will be... uh, You'll roll both of your dice. Uh Uh-huh. This is definitely a supernatural thing. I think... Yeah. Uh, So once you roll, you have the option of adding three to your blood die. Okay. And then based on which side you lean, wolf or blood, and what number you get there's a set of questions that you'll be able to ask me. Right. The wolf side of questions are all very natural. What do my eyes tell me? What do my ears tell me? The human side are more human questions. Things like, what should I be afraid of? Who is in control here? Things that are like human, human concerns in the way that wolves wouldn't care about. Right. Now, can I choose to add three to blood anytime? face of the supernaturalist or is this a one time no this is any any time that there's a supernatural thing and i'll let you know a lot of the times it will be obvious um like when you find weird amber (laughs) bones but anytime that there is potentially something behind the scenes that is supernatural i'll let you know okay and then like i said you have the option you don't have to so like if you want the wolf side of things you could choose not to add the plus three to your blood all right Okay, I'm going to behold the world. So that's five for blood and two for wolf. So that would give you... So you, yeah, you subtract the lower die and then we look. So you have... Right now you have the one question. You can add three to your blood, which would give you then a six blood, uh, which takes you to the like top tier I'm going to do that. I'm going to add three. All right. So you get to ask me three. I think that's all of the questions. Yeah. Three of those six questions. My first question is, what should I be afraid of? You do not know necessarily what happened to these wolves. But you know that you should be afraid of it happening to you. Mm. Is what is most valuable in here for me? You feel, despite the uneasiness about whatever these wolves were before they died, that this is a safe place. Mm. So actually, the most valuable thing about it is just knowing of its existence. For whatever reason, 
things don't like to come to this clearing. Mm -hmm. And you know that if you need to hide, this is a place to do it. And do I have any sense of who is in control here? You, as you're kind of sniffing the bones and kind of investigating this space, you, for whatever reason, think of not a name necessarily, but a title. The King in Yellow. Hmm. Um, cool. I think knowing, I think getting this sense as I've been exploring, I now just want to see, are, are there any other like passages in this den or is it all enclosed in this one? one it's area? just the one, the, the slope you came down is the only entrance. Which is one of the things that kind of leads you to knowing that this is a safe place. Like mm-hmm. that entrance is hidden mm-hmm. if you don't know it's there. Right. Um, and there's no other way to get in. Great. So then I think I'm gonna. Don't think there's any reason to take a bone. So I think I'm just gonna um, turn around and go out okay. the way that I came in. Again, like, being very cautious and taking my time. All right. You I don't want to step on any of the bugs or anything. Very cautiously make your way up the up the path. Uh-huh. And you kind of walk out. And after a few moments of being out of the cave, the fireflies begin to settle again. And the clearing is dark once again. And the rock now looks like this pulsating living thing. Cool. As you take in your surroundings a little bit more now, you see that there is kind of at cardinal direction points, paths that lead out of this clearing. Mm -hmm. To the east and west, they look more kind of overtaken and natural, Mm -hmm. but they're there. To the south and the north, they look relatively cared for by human hands. Mm -hmm. So there's like a rocky path that leads into this clearing and then a rocky path that leads out. Mm -hmm. I think since I get the sense that the king in yellow is involved, I'm going to choose to go north along a more of a human-kept path. Uh, Okay. So you head out of the clearing. Oh, I have one other question. Sorry. Oh, certainly. Would I remember the kind of smell of this amber on this... Or yeah, amber bones like it would, could be something I could be sniffing, searching for. Yeah, it has. It certainly has a smell that is not quite what bones should smell like. Right. So I think I'm. I'm also keeping my nose open for. Okay. For more of that. That would certainly, I think, be my first step. It'd be like, all right, if there's a threat here, I want to know where it is. Is it around? Yeah. Um. So you begin heading down the path and you're kind of smelling. I don't think this is necessarily a point where it'd be interesting to roll for it. I think you just kind of, you're keeping an eye out or a nose out for (laughs) that scent. And it's not really, as of right now, it's not really there outside of like, you can catch faint whiffs of it from behind you. Mm -hmm. You know the source of that. Yeah. So you're moving down this path and you see off to kind of your left and right, a little bit off into the woods, signs that humans might have lived in the area where this forest is before the forest overtook it. Mm-hmm. You see off to your left a couple like broken sections of like raw iron fencing. Hmm. To your right, you see like a small stone structure off in the woods. Mm -hmm. All of it looks like it is very old and has given way to time and nature. Mm -hmm. But you get the feeling that this area where you currently are 
beyond the fact that humans have now kind of cultivated this into walking trails, mm-hmm. that humans used to actually live in this this area. Mm-hmm. And then you hear off to your right it is a sound how long do you want to say you've been a wolf is this like did, did the transformation just happen is this a couple days in i have a feeling it's been rel- it's fairly recent but i don't know it's up to you kind of how long yeah it feels like it's probably been a couple days basically i've had like the full freak out of Oh my gosh, what's Just, uh, going on? Unable to move, and then as yeah. soon as you could move, everything is louder and brighter and right. smells stronger, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, it's like classic Spider-Man situation of the all the senses are overwhelmed, so running around like crazy. And then I had to like find something to eat and drink because yeah. I hadn't, hadn't done that as a wolf. I imagine there is some, like, some play in kind of that... Again, that Spider-Man sense of like once he got a hold of it, then he like goes flying around and yeah. shoots webs and just is silly for a couple of moments. Right. Imagine there's like a montage of you like rolling around in mud and yeah. just doing wolf things, right? Just like, um, do this to get a feel for being a wolf. And then I probably was like very exhausted because of all that sensory overload and passed out and woke up by this stone. Excellent. So I, th- I think that's all I've been up to. Okay. Um, I just wanted to get a feel for what you might have been able to experience before. So you hear off in the woods to your right this sound. And you know it's an animal sound. Mm-hmm. It's actually the human part of your brain that tells you that it might be an elk. Mm. It has that kind of sound. There's a, 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 a mewing kind of sound that elks make. And it's not you as a wolf, you haven't experienced them, but something tells you that you're the memories of being human, despite it only having been a couple days are very distant and kind of shadowy. But something about this feels familiar to that human part of you. But it is the sound of an elk in pain. Mm. You can hear a a thrashing Mm. in the brush in these pain sounds. Mm -hmm. So I think, is it behind the stone structure? Yeah, it's deeper than, like I said, you see a small stone structure and it's deeper in than that. So I think I kind of like sort of skulk or stalk, I don't know exactly the right word, but I kind of like get behind the stone structure and see if I can see a better like angle of what's going on with the elk. Okay. So that the elk wouldn't see me or be threatened, but I would be able to kind of see more about what's going on. Okay. So you move up to the stone and you kind of, oh, almost weirdly human thing for a wolf to do, which makes sense because you are a a human turned into a wolf. But you like kind of hunker down behind the stone wall and just kind of peer out. Yeah. And you see an elk that has been caught in a trap. Hmm. And it looks like you can only get, it's far enough away that you can only get like a little glimpse of it, but it looks like there's some kind of net Hmm. wrapped around it. And it is thrashing and it's on its side and it's kicking at trees and roots and brambles and they're snapping branches Uh and it's letting out these pained noises. Do I smell blood? You don't smell blood, but you do smell that wrong smell, similar to the bones. Mm. Okay, well, I want to try and help the elk out. I want to try and get free the elk from the net. Okay. So I think I still need to get closer. If it's stuck, I guess it won't run at me. You think that you're probably pretty safe from it. It's yeah. on its side. It's thrashing. So getting getting right up on it could be dangerous. Right. 
but approaching you think you're probably pretty safe yeah so i guess again like i i hunker i hunker down really low like i'm kind of in the whatever the overgrowth is in the area and i'm just kind of like slowly making my way towards it and what i'm trying to do is see where the net is attached to see if i can somehow like bite it off or do something to free okay free the elk as you get closer you see that this net is kind of wrapped around it and it's our it's legs have kind of pushed through parts of the net so it's all up in its business and you notice that laced along the netting are hundreds of little razors and as the elk thrashes more and more those razors cut into it and it is letting out these cries of pain and you notice now where that wrong smell is coming from instead of blood thick almost like tree sap Mm -hmm. this deep amber viscous fluid is leaking out of all of these hundreds of cuts along the elk's body And as you get closer, you see that the horns that are coming off of its head are that same deep amber of the bones. Mm -hmm. Can I tell if it is... Like, I I hear... I I hear those... That mewing or whatever, and I think that that being is in pain. Yes, it is very obviously... And I, whatever, aside from whatever is wrong with it, whatever yeah. this weird amber thing is, it's still animal enough. This for me is to... an animal, and it is in a great deal of pain. And I can't see any way to to remove the net. You, I mean, you might be able to like chew through some of the ropes and try to get it to a point where like it would come off. Uh huh. It is difficult for a number of reasons. A, this thing is thrashing wildly, and you need to be close enough that you're kind of within the range of Mm -hmm. its thrashing. Mm -hmm. And also, there are all of these razor blades, so you have to be very careful about where you're biting. Yeah. But it is, uh, you think that it could be feasibly possible to get it off? And what is the area of its neck like? Like, is it also covered with net, or is it relatively free? is relatively free the net is mostly wrapped around the like torso body of it hmm i think that i think that i if i see all this and i see the sap coming out and i see how in pain it is i start to want to like end its life out of mercy I think that's what I would do, especially with the kind of confusion of this wolf part of me that is essentially like stalking this elk like it wants to hunt it. So I think in whether it's a moment of compassion or just instinct, I would try and go for the throat and see if I can bite enough of it out to uh, to kill it. Okay. I'm going to say that this is going to be a to face the perilous role. Sounds about right. <laughs> it's still like you're not biting anywhere where the netting is, but it is still a dying, thrashing beast. Yeah, it's got horns and stuff. It can definitely get me. So again, you'll roll, and then you can choose. I would say this is still supernatural. Yeah. Um, so if you want the blood side of things, you can add three to your blood. Okay. Well, it's a one. <laughs> For so wolf. Yes, yeah, so right now it is one wolf. If you wanted to add three, you could shift it to two blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm definitely going to have to do that. <laughs> Otherwise, this is over. Yeah, so one wolf, you would suffer harm, which there are... So there are three... This is a good time to talk about harm. Please. What it means to suffer harm. Yes. So there's... Uh, essentially, you can take three harm before you die. Mm-hmm. The first is there are three levels... The first is each scar is a lesson learned. You describe how your wolf is permanently marred and you either gain two feral or lose one. Once you have done that, you can't do that one again. Mm -hmm. So then you have the toll of a careless life, 
which is describe how your wolf has either lost an eye or a limb. Mm-hmm. And then the third level is meat and bone, which is you have received a fatal blow and will at some point pass. Okay. Well, I still think I'm going to choose that the peril is vanquished. Okay. So I think I'm going to choose that I succeed at killing the elk. Okay. So that means you will suffer harm. Yep. (laughs) So how is your wolf permanently marred in some way? Oh, you get to choose. I think that I get a big old gash to my right eye from one of the antlers, the amber antlers, and I'm kind of reeling because already now a sense has been dulled by this already now. Not that my eyesight was great, but now it's like even harder. Yeah. Um, and I think that is like, in a, in a way, a bit of a like, oh, right, you can't just jump into stuff. You have no idea what's going on. So here I thought I was helping, and yet I was kind of getting caught up in the... That makes sense. Trying to be merciful to this poor, suffering animal on... Oh, right, maybe it's not up to me to do that. So that is a, it, that is a good lesson learned. <laughs> um, so you can either... Or actually, I don't think you can choose to lose one feral right now because your feral is currently at zero. Right. And zero is the minimum. So you gain two feral. Great. Which means now whenever you roll, you'll get to add two to your wolf die. Okay. And I have one harm. Yes. And you're sort of reeling. You currently have Winter's Wrath, which just means you're kind of exposed. Uh Uh-huh. But you are able to put this creature out of its misery. And I think, if I can, now I want to sniff the net more to see if I can learn anything about it. You sniff the net, and it smells very familiar. It smells very human. I want you to tell me about the leader of the group that you used to come in, the group of humans you used to come into the woods with. So I think um, I think this mind that I have now can no longer remember like human names. Like I don't, I don't. That doesn't make any sense to me anymore. But this idea of, in terms of like roles, like with King and Yellow, I think like Captain is coming to mind. And like a very kind of like domineering, threatening kind of captain. Someone who rules through violence and sort of represents everything opposite to me. And I think that if, um, if anything, like we, we were forced to work together as a group kind of situation where like I was brought in to help with the hunters for whatever reason. Sort of was like, we never would normally be in the same world together. And so we are forced to be together, and and this person is terrifying. The net reeks of that person. Mm -hmm. That domineering violence is all over this net. Mm -hmm. Probably some whiskey smell, too. Probably. I imagine some kind of stale tobacco scent. (laughs) And you know something in your the human part of your brain, because you chose to vanquish the threat as opposed to avoid harm, knows that you killed this creature quickly enough that you don't think that the hunters that normally would have come because of the sound will come. Mm-hmm. You think that you are safe for now, mm-hmm. at least from these hunters. Okay. How am I, this is more of like a mechanics question, but how, how do I deal with things like hunger and thirst? Like, do I, am I concerned about like using part of this animal to keep me alive? Or am I just like, all right, I, I'm taking care of it. Now I'm going to move on. Um, I mean, it's up to you. There, there, there is a move to sate a hunger, right? Um, which is both kind of physical hunger and like metaphorical hunger. Right. I don't know that I'm that hungry. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you, like you went and, and sated your hunger before. Yeah. Before. So, like, right now, you're probably not terribly hungry. Like, you could eat. Yeah. But 
All right, then I think I think I'm just I've accomplished that. I've saved this uh, animal as messed up as I feel about it, and certainly now kind of like reeling from my eye wound. But I think I would try and keep sniffing out the smell of the captain, see if I can get a sense of his whereabouts. If he's the one doing this, maybe he's doing this to other animals. Or I'm just wondering, well, I guess here's the question is like, is it about, do you think that I would be trying to do that and like be a hero or would I just be trying to get away from these smells and terrible things? I mean, I guess it's, that I think is kind of up to you. I don't necessarily feel scared of the amber yet. I'm just like aware that it is a weird thing and probably is what's causing all these animals to go nuts. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't have any, that I'm vaguely aware has been around, but there's nothing pulling me anywhere with amber smell. So now I'm like, well, maybe this human smell will take me somewhere closer to it. Yeah, because I think, so what you've been able to gather in your time at, as a wolf and kind of your, your, the lingering shadows of your human mind is that this, this amber thing has been happening for a while, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, it hasn't necessarily made the animals act contrary to their nature mm. that you've seen at least. Mm-hmm. It's more that it's just unnerving. Uh-huh. And especially, I think, probably now as a wolf, where now you're even more in touch with the natural world, it's unnerving in that it is not natural. Mm-hmm. It is not right. Yeah. But again, like, that elk wasn't acting odd for an elk. It was acting exactly like an elk caught in a razor net would act. Yeah. I so, I mean, I guess it's where, like, where do you where where is your priority as a wolf now more inclined towards is it this thing that is unnatural but not necessarily wrong versus this thing that's kind of wrong oh i i've just remembered i'm too more feral i'm freaking pissed i want to get this motherfucker who is <laughs> Hurting, hurting the animals. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely am angry, full of rage or like it's bubbling. I wouldn't say it's burst yet, but I'm definitely like, all right, I need to find the, the hunter that did this and take them down. Okay. So give me a, a behold the world roll and we'll see what you can get. Okay. So that would be four. For wolf and five for blood. Yes. Because I don't have, I can't have three. Yeah, this is not, this is not supernatural. So that's one blood. Okay. So I get to ask. Oh, Winter will tell you what you should have noticed had the environment not conspired against your senses. (laughs) Ooh, that's a good one. So I think you, you find the trail of the scent of this man's cigar smoke and bourbon and blood and and anger and hatred. They're all of these negative things that encompass your former captain. And you begin to charge off. You are angry. You are frothing. You charge off following this scent. And what you don't notice is... Just off in the distance around you, the eyes of a pack of wolves. Hmm. Thank you to Mark Kennedy for playing Wolf Spell with me. Thank you to Epidiah Ravichal for the incredible game. And thank you to you for listening. Our theme song for the This Will Make Sense Soon arc is Wasted Wonderland by Nicholas Gasparini. Join me on March 29th for the second part of Words Don't Make the Same Sense That They Used To. Until then, remember that you are strong, you are beautiful, and you are not alone.